Thanks, band. You guys are amazing. You can go have a well-earned rest. How are we doing tonight, church? Are we good? I'm probably the most nervous person to be at church tonight, but that's all right. I'm still excited to be here. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Che. I get the pleasure to be one of the youth leaders uh, here at Emerge Church. I surf serve under Pastor Jason, who truly does an incredible job. Like, Jason, I want to honour you. You have a team that has really bought into your vision that you lead so well. Um, I'm sure that when you took over from Pastor Joe, it was probably a pretty nerve-wracking thing, you know. It's easy to take over something that's not doing very well, but Pastor Joe took the youth to a really strong, uh, fruitful place. So to take that on um, is a huge deal and the way that you've just taken it from strength to strength. Uh, we honour you. We love you. You do a great job. Thanks for investing in all us youth leaders. I'm also married to uh, the curly-haired youth uh, worship leader that's taking our seat. So there you go. If you need a testimony that miracles can happen, there you have it. And we can go home. So yeah, um, other than that, I'm just a grade four teacher, um, trying the best I can, um, have a lot of fun along the way. So as Pastor Mark said tonight, he's asked Jack and I to speak sort of under the banner with uh, Live With Purpose. Um, and then under that, we're sort of talking about two different subheadings. So before I sort of start talking about what I'm going to talk about, I briefly want to build like a little bit of a foundation and a starting point for just a, a, what purpose and what I believe it is. And the simple place to start is just simply in Matthew 28 with the Great Commission. You know, it says, uh, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you um, and make sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, I wanted to start at this point because even though Jack and I are talking about two different parts of purpose, um, I think that if we strip purpose back in our different skill sets and our different occupations and what we do from the day to day, it all pretty much boils down to this. And like the Bible talks about loving God and loving others. And regardless of what you do, with, whether you're a teacher like me, whether you're in design, whether you're a physio, whether you work here at church, all we are called to do is to point people towards God. In the simplest part of our purpose, if you're confused about it, I've saved you like a huge message. It's just live, live for God and point others to Him. It's, it's not that hard. So um, I wanted to build that foundation because I'm going to be talking about living with intent tonight. And I feel like we can't live with intent in our purpose if we don't actually sort of know what it is. So that's why I wanted to start there. I figured it was a good starting point. Um, anyway, before I get into it, I am going to pray and then we'll, we'll start. Dear God, thank you for this opportunity to share. Lord God, I pray that you breathe on my words because Lord, if it's just me speaking, that's not gonna help anyone. But Lord God, I pray that you grab hold of them and point them to the hearts of the people that need to be challenged, that need to be encouraged, that wanna to, that want to know a little bit more about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. All right, so yes, I am speaking on uh, living with intent. So I am gonna read a little bit of uh, Bible right now, but you're in church, and if you don't like that, you're probably in the wrong place. So I am going to not apologize for that, and I am going to read from three Colossians. Uh, I'm gonna start at verse five, and then we're gonna go through to 17, which will pop up on the screen, and then a little bit of chapter four. So it says, um, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. 
You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now it is time to get rid of the anger, rage, malice behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your new creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds, us all to, uh, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. As for the members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message of Christ uh, in all its riches fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankfulness. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks to him through uh, the God, uh, through him to God the Father. So a key word there that we're gonna come back to is representative. Um, for, we've been doing the CERT Forum ministry and like I've been a little bit nervous on some of the presentations in the last week of school. I didn't probably prepare as well as I should have. So I, this is the part where the people doing the CERT are expecting me to read the Bible verse again just to fill out the time a little bit. But um, no, not that tonight. So I told Jack I'll stay on time so he gets a fair go too. And then... Um, in Colossians 4, just what Paul goes on to talk about is ruling your household and how that uh, dynamic works. And then he encourages people for prayer. And then in Colossians 4, verse 5, it says, Live wisely among those who are not believers. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Cool. All right, so tonight I sort of see this message as it's not groundbreaking knowledge, but I almost see it as a little bit of a service for you to just check in and see how you're going. You know, things that you value and want to remain in good health, you need to check where it's at. So, you know, your car, you take that to get serviced, even though I don't probably do that as much as I should with my car. It's held together with a zip tie at the front. And then, you know, I go to the dentist. I'm like paranoid about my teeth and them always being all right. And tonight we're doing a bit of a health check with our walk with God and our intent and our purpose. So I'm gonna pull out three things from these verses. Um, three things that I hope that it's not a place of judgment, if God highlights something to you, if the Spirit convicts you, it's not a condemnation, but hey, we're on a journey and if there's some areas of our game that we can improve on, myself included, why should we not strive for that? You know, um, God has a plan and a purpose for our life and I think we should live it to the fullness of what it's called to be. So my first point and the first area that we should, be, um, should have intent is in our relationship with God. I think that'll come up on the screen, my first point. But what I liked there in this passage is there were two key things that I liked. In verse 10, it talks about getting to know your Lord and Saviour. And then it also talks about being a representative of Christ. As I stopped and I sort of pointed out. You know, first and foremost, we are called to be Christians. We were made by God, for God, to point others to God. That's what we said that our purpose was. We need to prioritise our relationship with God because if you don't have that, everything else falls away. You need to make sure that you're spending time with God because like any other relationship, if you're not investing in it, then you're not gonna know what that relationship or what that person is about. If I didn't 
date Rachel before we got married and then I just married her, I would have been in for like, oh, I didn't know you like these things. But I did date her and I, so I wasn't, there weren't these big surprises when we got married. It was great. So we need to prioritize our relationship with God. And the second thing is this, is for, it says we are representatives of Christ. And if we are gonna represent someone, you can't represent someone you don't know. It's that simple. If you wanna be an accurate representation of who Christ is to the people in your life, you need to be growing your relationship with Him, learning more about who He is, so that way you can example those exact behaviors of who Christ is. If you don't have this relationship with God, if you don't do this, you're not gonna be a very good representative. And the image that you project to the world when you proclaim that you're a Christian is the ideas and your own thoughts of who Jesus is. It's not based on anything solid. It's not foundational. It's just who you think he is. And it's a little bit like this. So before I got married, a couple of the boys took me down to the Gold Coast to watch the Broncos get pumped by the Titans. Not a, not a great thing for me as a Broncos fan. But then we were sort of like walking around and we we're going back to the hotel and this sort of stuff. And we met this random dude called Jack. And so Jack came along for the walk. And when we were there on our walk, we ran into a very high profile football player. I'm not gonna name names because it might have just been one bad day for this athlete. But Jack was like, oh, it's that guy, all right? So Jack was like a kid in a candy store being like, I love you, I've always loved you, you're like the best football player ever. Um, and then he was like, oh, I don't wanna waste your time with like a picture or something like that, can I just have a handshake or a fist bump, right? And this football player, really trying not to say his name, he wouldn't even look at him, right? So I was like, oh, that's rough. So this football player is actively looking elsewhere so that way he doesn't make eye contact with this guy who's literally right next to him, right? And in this moment, I see poor Jack get crushed because his expectation of who he had seen and thought that this football player was on TV and when he played didn't match up with the reality of who was standing in front of him on that day. And if we're gonna be representative of Christ, if we're not a, an accurate representation, and yes, I admit we're not gonna hit the mark every time, but we can leave that same sour, bitter taste in people's mouths of, well, that's not the Christian that I'm supposed to heard of. We need to invest in our, and be intent with our relationship with God if we are going to be, one, growing and learning in Him, and two, being an accurate representation of Him. My second point is this. It's we need to be intent with our purpose. It's, it's pretty simple. God has a plan for you, like what we just said, and you can have as much or as little of it as you want. God's plan for you is never gonna change. He has fearfully and wonderfully made you. He has formed you with your own identity. But this scripture here talked about two different ways of living. And you can either live in the old sinful way that doesn't reflect God, or you can actively be growing and participating and, and growing in the, in the purpose that he has called you to be. I'm not gonna spend too long here because Jack's speaking about your God purpose soon, but you know, we, we need to be people that are ready to roll up our sleeves. God's not looking for the best person. If, he was, if that was the case, I wouldn't be here tonight. That's the truth of it. But the thing is, is God is looking for people that were like, all right, well, in my day today, when this guy's at school, is he gonna work out his purpose? When Mr. Gordon goes into his grade four classroom, is he gonna be an example of the love of Christ to his kids in his class? See, the thing is, is as fantastic as our pastoral team are, they're not gonna go to Launton. Well, Rach actually will because she works there, but, um, <laughs> but they're not gonna go to your work, all right? So we're not meant to just be a, a, a 
passenger seat in going through life. You can be an active participant in the call of God that is uniquely upon your life that no one else can fulfill. I know that I'm not someone who has a lot of problems with people's opinions. If you don't like me, you're missing out, I'm all right. So, (laughs) but, but the thing is, is I'm selective with who I let speak into my life. If I was doing something wrong and Pastor Mark was like, hey, Che, let's have a chat about that, I would take on board what he's saying because he's someone that I respect and I've given that authority to speak into my life. But if average Joe Blow who found me on Instagram or Facebook wanted to be like, this is the worst photo I've ever seen, who cares what that guy thinks, right? So not, not what I was planning on saying, but you know, have your group of people who you allow to have authority into your life. But above that, the only person, the only audience that you're in front of is God. And that's where being an active participant in your purpose is important. Because I know that when I eventually go to heaven, that I don't just wanna get in by the skin of my teeth because I was saved. I don't wanna get into to heaven just, which is fantastic, it's great to be in heaven, but I wanna hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. I want my life and the purpose that God has put on my life to be fulfilled which is my second point. You can be as active or as much of a passenger in this purpose on your life as you want. So maybe this is a time to reflect. Are you doing enough? Is there more that you could be doing? Are you a good representation of Christ in your workplace, in your uni, in your sport teams? And this participation in our purpose ties very closely um, to, to my third point. I titled my message, which I forgot to tell you, was, um, <laughs> was live an epic lifestyle. Pastor Mark, I, I tied into the live thing, thought you'd like that. Oh, it's not a Sunday if we don't do this. What's our theme for the year, church? Yeah. Oh, come on, we can give it a little bit more. What's our theme for the year, church? Yeah. Oh, excellent. So yes, I have been talking about living an epic lifestyle. But my third point is this, is we are called to grow and know who God is. We are called to be representative of Christ outside of these walls. It was never contained to just be a feel-good club in here. But it's an actual warfare that we are fighting on behalf of the, the people that we work with, our family that don't know God, and we actually need to be active participants in our purpose. And once we're doing that, we need to know the third thing is that epic lifestyle is every play is crucial. We need to win every play. Because if we're waiting for one big moment, like if I was just like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll go all right when Pastor Mark asked me to preach and then do nothing at youth, do nothing at work, I've missed the mark. Because this is a tiny portion of what I'm capable of and what I'm called to do. But football coaches have it worked out. I love sports, so it's always gonna end up here, right? So the Melbourne Storm are frustratingly good. Craig Bellamy is this phenomenal coach who no matter is on his team, these nobodies, he's had good people, now he's doing it with numpties that shouldn't be able to play football and win in the comp, and it's just, as a Broncos fan, it infuriates me. Um, but he's so big on each player in this team playing his role, playing for his friends, because he knows that the game isn't won on one try that happened by chance but it's by winning the tackle, it's by winning the ruck, it's these things that build upon build upon build that lead to the try being scored. And I think sometimes as Christians, when we're going and walking through our purpose, we can almost live for the highlights reel of the football game, right? So if, like an example for me is at school, it's been like a huge God thing that a, a youth has come 
Like I work with his mum. So this teacher at school, her son has started coming to youth. The highlight is, as she goes, wow, Che's a good guy. I'm gonna send my son to the youth that he helps out at because of who he is. But the backstory in the every play is it was a year and a half of her watching who I was. It was a year and a half of me being very open that this is where I go on a Sunday, that talking to her when things weren't going well, when things weren't happening in her life the way that they were supposed to, I was there because I knew at some point that the every play and the mundane and the things that build upon build upon build will lead to that highlight moment. We need to know that every play is crucial. If they can work it out for sport, we should be knowing how much more important it is when it comes to people's eternities. Because if we're not willing to fight for the people that we know, do we really love them? Because I don't know about you, but I don't wanna get to heaven and then not realize that I didn't make the most of every play. You know, you only get the season of life that you are in once. It says in James that our life is like a mist and then it's gone. I've gone through high school I look back on, I'm like, I probably didn't make the most of every play. There's some people here, you're in school. If you're in grade 12, you've got like four weeks left. If it came to an end, have you made the most of every play or do you have four weeks where you need to sow some seeds? You know, this got put into perspective for me because like I said, this isn't a judgment thing from me. This is me just talking about my life. A few, maybe a month and a half ago, the deputy was like, our school hasn't taken on any rural transfers. So we're not allowed to honour any of our contract staff, which is me, until the transfer pool is gone. And I was fine, like, I'm like, I'm a male teacher in primary school, like, there's a job for me, right? So I knew that I would be fine, and that's not what I was scared of, but the, the reality is, is I survived COVID and work stayed on. But if my time at Launton was coming to an end, I reflected on, have I made the most of every play? You're not where you are right now forever. You're there for a limited time before we go to an eternity with God. Your job can change on a dime. We learned that through COVID. You know, you can get through uni and then you don't see those uni people anymore. Are you making the most of every play or do we need to roll up together and do a little bit more? Church, we need to live with intent simply because it's what God has asked us to do and people's lives are literally in the balance. I don't wanna go to heaven knowing that I didn't do enough. And so tonight, they're my three points. Be intent with your relationship with God because that's above all else. It's before my job, it's before anything else. I'm a Christian first. Make sure you're an active participant in your calling. There is something for your life you are good enough for and God is gonna walk you through it. And the third thing is, is make the most of every play. Every play is crucial. So if one of those things spoke to you, I, uh, I hope that you can take it on board because that's what I'm doing. I'm not perfect. But you know, God loves you and he is with you. So if you are like, I'm a little bit short, tomorrow is a new day, it's another opportunity, and it is a great time to start winning every single battle. All right, I'm gonna pray and then I will finish up. Dear God, thank you that you love us so much. Thank you that you would use someone like me. Lord God, I pray that as we go out into our week that we're not um, passengers in as life goes by, but Lord, we are active participants in the call of God that you have placed on each and every person in this room. Lord God, I pray that we begin to realize who we are fighting for and what's at stake if we don't uh, win every play and know that it is crucial. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, thank you for listening, church.
It is my pleasure to introduce Jack Elmendorp up to stage, my brother-in-law. So why don't you make him feel welcome? Come on, let's make some noise for Chay. Come on, that was unbelievable. So good. What a way to, what a great three points and how to live with deliberate intent. That was fantastic. That was so, so good. So tonight we're going to get straight into it. We'll be reading from Genesis 37, 3 to 24. And it says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he had made a robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. It said, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers they hated him all the more, he said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. And then he had another dream. And he told his brothers, listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept that matter in mind. It then goes on to say that his brothers went to a different town to graze their father's flock. And Joseph was sent out to check on them. And it goes, but when they saw him in the distance and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe that he got from his father, and they took him and threw him in the pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Tonight I've named my message, When Pit Happens. So, so and I, I really believe tonight God is going to speak to us where you're at, where we're at. So let's just pray. Dear Lord, thank you for what you are doing in our church right now. Lord, open our hearts, Lord. Tonight we want to hear a God dream from you, Lord. Speak to us, Lord, in your name, amen. Amen. Have you ever been or had a dream, and then but once you got to the place or had the experience, it was nothing like you dreamed? This has happened so many times in my life. I'm a dreamer, so it happens way too often. But there was one time recently, Tiana and I both happened to have a Monday off. We never have Mondays off. I reckon we've had like six in our whole dating. So, and we were physically and mentally stuffed. We were just cooked. So I was like, let's go to Noosa. I was like, let's go to Noosa. We'll hang out with the rich millionaires and like drink sparkling water with the millionaires. It'll be relaxing. I'll, I'll be rich for like the day. I'll feel just, it'll, I'll be happy, you know, and it'll, it'll solve all my problems. So we sleep in, then we get to Noosa, we've been driving for an hour and a half, two hours, so I was like, let's go for a little walk. And there's some beautiful rock pools at Noosa, but I hadn't ever been once, and town had never been. So there was some beautiful rock pools. I was like, I'm going to take her to the rock pools. We're going to go for a nice, beautiful walk to the rock pools. But the problem is I didn't really know where the rock pools were. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm sitting there, so I'm like, let's walk. And we're, Tiana and I are both very headstrong people. You could imagine arguments with us. You yeah, exactly. Hey, we, but we're good, I promise. So we're both headstrong people. So we're like, we're not going to stop this walk until we find it. So we keep walking and walking and walking. Just remember, I was physically and mentally stuffed. I needed a day of nothing. So we walked for 15 kilometers. We actually walked to Sunshine Beach. Sunshine Beach. By that point, we're like, we, need to, we got lost halfway through. And by that point, we're like, we need to give up. We, we just need to give up. So we walked back. It's starting to get dark. It's cold. 
I'm tired. Tiana's got blisters on her feet. I'm complaining. We love talking and everything, walking and talking. It's a, I learned it from two parents. But I'm not going to lie. After six kilometers, I didn't want to talk. Uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to relax. So I, we're walking and we find the rock pools, everybody. But the problem was it was two kilometers into the walk. We just walked past it. So we're 13 kilometers. Oh, I was mentally, physically stuffed. And then all of a sudden, I'm more mentally and physically stuffed after that day that I needed a rest. See, I had a dream of what my day would be like, but it was nothing, what, it didn't happen. It just never happened. And you see, Joseph experienced this feeling on a much larger scale. Joseph had two dreams, pretty much just saying he's going to be in a position of great leadership where his parents and even his brothers are going to bow down to him and all of a sudden he is in a pit probably thinking he's about to die. So um, the story, and I, see, I can guarantee you that this is not how Joseph envisioned his God dream going. See, one thing you, know, you need to know when you get a God dream, obstacles are going to happen. Things are going to happen that you're not going to just get a dream and it's going to be like, oh my goodness, I'm here. My dreams happened. But obstacles are going to happen. You see, rejection is going to come. Jealousy from other people are going to come and try to bring you down. Failure is going to come. Life just happens, guys. But I'm sorry, but not everything is going to go your way. But it is how you react in these situations that are going to grow you, to set you up, to see the God dream from happening in your life. See, Joseph is stuck in a pit with no hope at all. And it says in Genesis 25 to 27... As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Oh, that's a good, good question. Um, come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. They proceed to sell Joseph to slavery. And from there, Joseph is sold to Egypt to a man named Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. So Joseph goes from having two unbelievable dreams to being thrown in a pit by his own family to then being sold into slavery. I, once again, I just don't see that's how envisioned Joseph had the God dream happening. See, Joseph had every right to give up, though. If I'm in that situation, I'm not going to lie, I'm... I'm I would want to pretty much give up. But you see, when you know you have got a God dream, you're not going to give up. When you know that this dream is from God, don't, we, we just, you're not going to give up because what will come will be far greater than what you could ever imagine. And you see, so Joseph is sold. He's a slave. But in Genesis 39 verse 2, it says, The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. So even though, even when you're in a pit, I just want to say God is always going to be with you. God, God is going to be, it may not feel like it. It may feel completely the opposite at times. But God is with you and he's actually working through you in that pit moment. See, don't ignore him. Don't, don't ignore him. Don't just throw in the towel because it's too hard. But keep on going. You have a God that guides you. You have a God that, that can actually work with you in the dark. You have a God that hasn't put you in a pit to punish you, but you have a God that's put you in a pit to get you to where you need to be. So I could, so I could imagine Joseph. So it then goes on to say that Joseph found great favor 
with his master. So much favor that it put, it says that Potiphar left everything he owned in charge with Joseph. So I can imagine you going, oh, his God dream's coming to pass. We've done it, guys. His God dream's happening. I'm sorry that's not where the story ends. It goes to say that in the story, it goes to say that Potiphar's wife, it actually says firstly that Joseph's very attractive. Uh, only like five, six people it says that about. So this guy must be attractive. So um, it goes on to say that Potiphar's wife clearly thought the same thing. So Potiphar's wife is going, come to bed with me. Don't, if you're doing that, don't make that your flirting technique. It's not going to work. If it is working, you're probably going for the wrong person. But just, anyway, so he's going, she's going to come to bed with me. But it wasn't one time. It wasn't one time. It was a daily thing. Every day, come to bed with me, Joseph. Come to bed with me, Joseph. I, and Joseph is, keeps saying no. He has, more, he has more self-control than most men. That's pretty true. But the thing was, at one point, it says that she decided, I'm going to clear out all the slaves. It's just going to be me and Joseph in the room because Potiphar was away. So Joseph walks into the room and she goes, I'm sick of him saying no. I'm just going to initiate it. So she's she starts technically just taking off his clothes. So Joseph, this is happening. Joseph is like, what the heck, and runs. So Joseph runs, but the problem was he left his robe with her. And you see, she, as you would be, be embarrassed because you just tried to make a move on someone, and uh, they ran. So, <laughs> um, so she's embarrassed. And so she keeps her robe and waits for Potiphar to come home and then goes to tell Potiphar, that Joseph was the one that ended up making the move on her. See, I'm freshly married, but if Tiana came to me and said, hey, someone just tried to make it, and I have their robe, as, she has their robe as proof, I'm like, let's throw hands. Like, <laughs> let's go for it. Let's, let's throw hands. Like, don't, don't do that. So, understandably, it says that Potiphar, Potiphar threw Joseph directly into jail. So, and, I, and I, when I was preparing this, I really felt that tonight there are many people in this position. So Joseph's finally got out of the pit, and then he goes into another pit. And it's, this one's not even his fault. And I really felt that when people are here in a position, in a place, where you feel like you finally get out of a pit. You finally got out of a pit, and then something else comes up. Another pit happens. Sometimes it's not even your fault. Sometimes it's just like, how do I even manage this? But what I want to encourage you, stay faithful. Stay faithful to God. Stay faithful to your God promise. Stay faithful to your purpose because I know that something is going to happen in your life. Don't give up. See, later tonight, I'm going to be opening up the altar. And, I, and if, you're in, if you're feeling like you're in the pit, I really will believe we're going to pray and we're going to believe that the situation that you're facing is going to change, that God is going to move. You know how I know that? Because it happened with Joseph. See, the story goes on to say that Pharaoh had dreams. So Joseph's in prison for years. So he's in prison, and Pharaoh has two dreams. And God gave Joseph the ability to interpret dreams. So Joseph then interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, and this is where it gets crazy. You turn put true dreams to me. I'm like, why would you care, honestly? But from there, it says Pharaoh trusted him so much that he put Joseph second in charge. Yes, that's right, second in charge of the whole of Egypt, the country. So God promised after many, many pit moments, after years and years of obstacles, finally comes to pass. But you see, I can't help but wonder, would Joseph have ever stepped into ruling Egypt if he hadn't been first thrown into a pit? 
See, I can't help but wonder if the pit was preparing him for prison and if he was learning more about the king, about being a king in prison than it would have in a palace. Do you see, Joseph had, if Joseph hadn't stuck through the life in, of, in the pit, he would have never made it through the life in the prison. And if he hadn't endured life in the prison, he would have never have made it into the life, into the palace. See, God uses pits to strengthen your purpose. Can I please have the band up? Around 2019, start of 2020, I found myself in a major pit. I was in a pit. I remember I had all my, my whole life, I've had words. Hey, you're going to do great. God's going to move. You're going to be a pastor. All these different things. And then in 2019, I found out pastor, I, and for me, for some reason, I always thought that's going to be, you're the youth pastor, which just wasn't ever true. So, <laughs> that's, yeah, but so, and then in 2019, I find out Pastor Jason is going to become the youth pastor. Firstly, I want to say, at that time, I knew he was the only person that deserved that job. He was so graced for it. There's so many things that it needed to be him. I back him 100%. But you see, it still sucked. <laughs> like, it still sucked. So then I was like, okay, I, I, I planned for this. I went to uni. I went to uni, I'm going to study. And I, after four years of dating, I was told, you probably should talk about marriage. So I thought, let's talk about marriage here. So I was like, Tiana, I'm, I'm, going, to get a, I'm going to finish uni, I'm going to get a full-time job. And you see, when, as soon as we can, we can look at marriage. And I remember, it was January 2020, I was actually at the Gold Coast. And I remember I was with a boys, bunch of boys from Adelaide and Melbourne, and I looked at my phone, I was just, I had like five seconds, and I saw that I'd failed my final subject. And you see... That was a pit moment for me. I was in a pit. I just had no clue. I had all this plan. My first plan goes down. I'm like, okay, I've got the second plan. Goes down. So I'm like, I'm six months behind. And you've got to think, I'm at a job working at Subway where I'd, on the Monday, I don't even know what hours I'd get on the Wednesday. So I couldn't, I couldn't get married. I, like, I just couldn't. And you see, I knew, I, and I was down. I was down and out. I was honestly, I was flat. And I just remember, I have to make a decision. I remember going, Jack, you have to make a decision. You can stay at this point. You can stay at this pit and just be like, yep, life sucks. Or another decision is you can make, you can seek God. And I decided, I remember I sat with mum. I decided I'm going to do a 21-day Daniel fast. I'm going to do a 21-day Daniel fast and I'm going to seek God. I don't know what's going to come from it. I don't know what my plan is. I thought I had a God dream. I, I did have a God. I still do have a God dream. But it just didn't look anything like I thought it would. And you see, after that 21 day Daniel fast where I went, I'm just going to seek God. I'm just going to really push in. I got a job the day after that fast. I didn't even apply for that job. It was a full-time job. Like it just somehow came. This was a full-time job. I ended up finishing uni. Yes, six months later, I was able to do both. I ended up getting engaged. I ended up get buying an apartment and I was 16 days late to being 2020 wedding. But that's 16, that's okay. See, but the thing is, I know for a fact that wouldn't have happened if I decided I'm just gonna stay in this pit. I'm just gonna stay in this pit because I knew that God was the only one that can ever get me out of this. 